Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. The governments world over have come out with relief packages, payouts, etc. to help, especially the needy, to tide over in this COVID pandemic. Now, is it possible to improve the ease of access or the use for the intended citizens to enhance the targeting of public money? And all this within a framework of improved operational gains and the auditability of public funds? This and more in today's episode of Blockchain Hustle. Hi everyone, this is your host Meenu Serene with the fifth episode of the Blockchain in Public Sector series. Continuing from the last episode, in which I shared about the land registry in Georgia and the academic credentials verification in Malta, I share now a few more projects here. So back to what I mentioned just a few minutes back, the enhanced targeting of public money for the needy. There is an interesting example from the municipality of Groningen in Netherlands, and uh, this municipality has implemented a blockchain-based smart vouchers project. So the purpose of this project was to provide uh, discounted services to the low-income citizens. And I'll just share a quick overview of that. So this is how it works. The citizen applies for the service and the service is called Stajapas. He applies for the service at the municipality. The municipality checks for his eligibility for the smart vouchers. And then it sets up an anonymized user identity on the blockchain. The personal details are stored off the chain. And uh, it grants the citizen a pass, the starter pass, with a personal QR code. Now this QR code references to the citizen's ID in the blockchain-based smart voucher system. And it also manually assigns the smart vouchers to him in its own system. Now, whenever the citizen wants to avail the discount, he goes to the authorized provider. So he uses the service of an authorized provider and the provider scans the QR code on the pass. This would activate the smart voucher. Uh, When I say activate the smart voucher, it is actually executing the smart contract behind it. And uh, once this is activated, it checks and the provider would provide the discount. And that's how the citizen is able to avail the discounted uh, product or the service. The municipality pays the providers after a certain period. Now, this involves a public permissioned blockchain. And initially for this, uh, the Bitcoin protocol was used. And later, to significantly reduce the transaction cost, they moved to Zcash. And uh, Zcash has a proof of authority consensus. Now, the players which are involved in this are, of course, the municipality of Groningen, Dutch chain, which is a tech provider, and the different businesses of the service providers. The outcome of this was, uh, of course, the enhanced targeting of the public money. And it allows the transparency and the programmability of public funding. So you could use this smart vouchers for selected services, whichever you are targeting for. It's an ease of use for citizens. Citizens do not have to change much to avail of this service. 
uh, there is an improved operational gains and auditability of the public funds because it is all on a blockchain. One can uh, check for the provenance and the data or the transaction is immutable. So you can't play around with it and it can be easily audited. And it is tamper-proof. And uh, one important thing out here was that uh, scaling up issues are not foreseen because the system capacity is basis the number of smart contracts and it is not for the users or the use instances. So I think this one is a pretty good thing in terms of uh, the scaling up because it is in terms of scaling up which is one of the challenges which is seen in most of the concepts, sorry, most of the projects uh, of uh, undertaken with blockchain in mind. The next example I would like to share is on the decentralized identity in Zug in Switzerland. Now, identity challenges, they are uh, pretty common across the governments around the world. The official identities are fragmented. Different government services require different identifiers. And then these are all in siloed, uh, sorry, siloed databases. To top it, uh, there does exist a hacking fear of a misuse of personal data. And this is enhanced further, or this is, uh, what should I say, it's, for, it, it's, it's, an, it's, it's more because it's stored on central servers. And most importantly, we, as the owners of our own personal data, we are left with little or no control over its access. The decentralized identity project management in uh, Zug, Switzerland, it's a step forward towards addressing this. And uh, this project, it is a self-sovereign government-issued identity project based on Ethereum. It's built on Ethereum. The model returns the ownership of identity to the individual by letting the users register their own identity on blockchain. And uh, the user can send and request credentials they can sign transactions and securely manage their data on this open identity system. And this project is called U-Boat. So again, I give an overview of uh, what this project entails, a kind of uh, uh, the things which are involved in it. So how it works. The citizen downloads the U-Boat app on his mobile phone and when he downloads that, a U-Port ID is automatically created. The citizen then registers this U-Port ID on the Zug municipality website and adds in a little bit more additional personal information. The U-Port ID automatically connects to a personal ID in the digital citizen registry of Zug. Now, when a citizen wants to use this application, the U-Port application, he uses the app to cryptographically sign the registration request. This request is sent to the municipality. The municipality verifies this request and cryptographically signs the ID and it automatically sends a verification to the U-Port application. And uh, just like in the earlier example, the personal data was stored off-chain, here too the personal attestations are always sent off-chain. Now the players which were involved in this were Consensus, the tech provider, uh, TI and MAG, Institute of the Financial Services Zook, IFZ, and the city of Zook. Now uh, the first stage of uh, U-Port 
was used for the proof of residency. And uh, I recently came across this example of using U-Port uh, by service providers. And this is a very interesting example. Uh, it is on a smart mobility pilot by a company called Airbnb. Now, Airbnb is into providing smart locks for bike sharing. And they give these smart locks to the, um, to the bike sharing fleet creators. They don't own the bikes themselves. These guys just provide the smart locks. Now, what the Zoog residents need to do is that they can get on these bikes having these Airb locks by just using their U-Port powered Zoog digital IDs. So there is no more sharing of your own personal details with multiple operators, etc. How cool is that? So uh, getting back onto the U-Port, the outcomes were that it gives the citizens control and the ownership on their personal data. It allows the selective disclosure of the specific information to specific entities. So the control is back to the creator of the data. And uh, it also allows for the authentication without the commonly used user password combination, etc. So it kind of makes life a little simple. Then I have another example, which I'll quickly go through, is one on the pension infrastructure in Netherlands. The purpose of this was uh, to improve the pension administration uh, and to realize a flexible and a transparent system for the citizens and this at reduced management cost. It is currently in the POC phase and it uses a private permission blockchain and it's a kind of a tweaked version of Ethereum. Then there is a consortium and the consortium has a hybrid federated governance. It's a decentralized governance to co-create a distributed database and integration with the silo systems of various stakeholders. And there is a centralized element with APG and PGGM, the two largest pension fund elements, uh, entities, sorry, in Netherlands. And these, uh, this federated governance kind of steers the tech direction of the project. So it's a hyper, it's a, as I mentioned earlier, it's a hybrid federated governance. It's not completely decentralized, but it is the way, I guess, the adoption takes place. The players here are the Dutch Authority of Financial Markets, AFM, the Dutch, uh, Dutch National Tax Office, the Identity Management Authority, uh, RIBG, and the pension providers, APG and PGGM. And Accenture here is the tech provider. The outcomes expected are the operational and the cost efficiencies. As I mentioned, the purpose is to have an improved pension administration at, redu at reduced management costs. And another outcome is that you get uh, an increased transparency and security of information. And then there is an improved regulatory oversight as would be required for any of these pension fund management. So that's kind of a brief thing over the various uh, programs or the projects going on over blockchain across various governments in Europe. And uh, in the next episode, I would share with you a few insights or learning from these projects. The projects being in Georgia, Malta, Netherlands, uh, Zug, etc. Okay. So till then, stay safe and stay well and keep a lookout for the next episode. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blockchain Hustle. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, please do leave a short review.
like it share it download it subscribe to it what should i talk about next please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at meenu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes thank you